Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is JW Crewall, and I'm normally joined by my good pal Riley Hulbert. But today we have a few substitutes for Riley. And they're fantastic people. I, I've uh, got to meet them, you know, just briefly before the cast, but it's great to have you all on. First up with us tonight is Nathan Stratford, a uh, player who has had a really impressive resume this uh, this year and beyond, played for a long time. Nathan, 15 at Arlington Regionals, 18th at San Diego Regionals, 17th at the World Championships in 2016. Welcome to the cast. We also have Nathan Green, player who got top 32 at EUIC this year on a tear for their first season playing. And Sackett Bremer, 15th at Knoxville, Top 64 at EUIC, insanely good at the game, already has a world's invite. I mean, you know, what more can be said? And a frequent guest on friend, friendly podcast of, of Tag Team, The Lake of Rage. So welcome on to Tag Team, fellas. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah, really happy you guys are here. So this is going to be a fun episode. Um, some of our players are going to Portland, um, but certainly everyone has been testing for local tournaments and, uh, you know, playing in their cups and challenges and things like this, being uh, on top of the metagame. Maybe they're going to, uh, you know, not this tournament, but, you know, certainly cups and challenges. Maybe they're going to, um, you know, Milwaukee uh, or, or Fresno, a couple other tournaments that are coming up here. So we have a lot to talk about on the podcast regarding the current metagame and the state of things because the last major tournament was EUIC. And that feels like so long ago because we've had a lot of shift. I feel like the online metagame has shifted a lot. There's been some texts that have kind of risen and fallen, certain archetypes that have been uh, kind of on the rise around the decline. We got all that for you guys here tonight. So let's start it off. Current format, what are some of the trends that you guys are noticing in the game right now it could be decks that you feel like are rising or falling maybe builds of certain decks you know i think there's a lot of debate right now on maybe the best loss zone variant so uh give me like a trend Sackett, why don't you start us off what's something that you're noticing right now in the game a trend that players are maybe uh you know gearing towards in terms of deck selection well since alex won euic with an ike and arcades variant i've seen lots of those pop up People want to try like the Vulpix. People want to try Umbreon. People want to try all sorts of things. People even like going back to Tina uh, in Arceus and stuff like that. So I've just seen a lot more of those pop up. They think it's uh, good against Lost Box. It's good against uh, Guardi if you can boss and target down the Ralts and currently as early game. Um, so I've just seen that pop up every once in a while. Interesting. Anyone want to add off that? You seem like you're kind of nodding your head, Nathan. Yeah, no, I think Arceus is pretty well positioned right now because of those things. Another thing that I think it's pretty obvious for a lot of people is the uptick in Gardevoir. Yeah. And after Tord took second at UIC with it, I think a lot of people realized the deck was more than just a meme, like actually it was good. Um, and so I think in the late night this last week, it was the most played deck. So I definitely expect to see quite a few Gardevoir variants this weekend at Portland and going off of what you said about Alex's deck winning, you know, it kind of capitalized on maybe Gardevoir not expecting the Vulpix or having an answer for that. So I think Gardevoir will see an uptick, but I think it will also have those answers via escape rope, path to the peak, whatever it is, so they can deal with the Vulpix. Yeah, now, it seems... Yeah, go ahead, Kane. I, yeah, I yeah, it seems that. like every, every deck now has seen what happened at EUIC, and there are a couple sneaky things that I don't think people... Uh, want to you know want to go up against they don't want to see the Vulpix they don't want to see the Marwile uh, they don't want to go against Duraludon so every deck seems to be teching for these things Lugia seems to be including the Urshifu and maybe a Duraludon of their own to counter Duraludon and so I think it's interesting to see how these decks have already evolved from just one tournament you know th there's been a, a lot of changes in these decks now heading into EUIC Kane were you someone that was on the Gardevoir train or did you completely dismiss it? I I was not. I've I've been a big fan of Lost Box since it has come out, and I I love single prize decks. So I think they're really fun. 
Um, what I thought there was going to be a lot more of an EUIC was hand disruption. I thought Judge mm -hmm. was going to be very prevalent in a lot of decks. And so what I saw is the best Lost Box decks to counter, you know, a lot of hand disruption would be uh, Giratina Lost Box. Because you've got something big that you can set up. It's not dependent on what's in your hand every turn. So pretty early on, I made the choice to go with Giratina. And are you are you sticking with that? I mean, that that's a, you know, maybe it was a, a solid play for the start of the format, but I, mm -hmm. I do feel like players' minds have kind of waned a little bit on the, uh, you know, that variant of, of Lost Box, maybe shifting more toward, um, you know, the Charizard-based version mm -hmm. or kind of a Turbo list or even, you know, Gudra, if you consider lump that in with the Lost Box. Yeah, decks. yeah. Yeah, so. I, think, I think Gudra has been like getting super popular recently. I think that will be definitely one of the most played decks at Portland. Um, I, I still love Giratina. I'm staying strong with Tina. Right now, it's like Giratina or Mew for me. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving it, even though a lot of people, I don't think are, are giving it a chance. Huh. They're haters. Yeah, yeah, they're all haters. <laughs> oh my, I'm like the, uh, I'm almost the exact opposite from that. So going into EUIC, I played a lot of Mew. I played Mew at EUIC. I did 39th. It was all right. Uh, since EYC, all I've played is Lost on Tina, and I can't wait to get away from it. Uh, <laughs> like, you're a hater. You're a hater. Yeah, it's, especially, yeah, especially Tina. Um, like I, one thing for me, when I go to like locals and stuff like that, I don't like to sleeve up a deck. So whatever I have sleeved is what I'm playing. Like I went mm -hmm. to a challenge the other day, and all I had sleeved was Tina. And I was like, I guess I'll play it. And then as I'm playing Tina, like every Colrus every flower selecting, if I come across a Tina piece, straight to the loss of it. It's like, all right, I'm just playing Cram, I'm just playing Sableye, I'm just doing all those things. I just want to play Lost Zone Box. Like, I want to get rid of all these Tinas. I just want to play, like, maybe a Greninja in here, do some, like, uh, Shuriken things, do some Lost Mining things. I can't wait to get away from Lost Zone Tina. I'd rather go back to Mew, but, like, Mew is, like, overplayed for sure. Do you think Mew is overplayed? Oh, I'm, I'm still gonna play it. Like I'm not worried about Drake out at all. But like I've over, I've overplayed Mew. Oh, I see. Myself. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. And how about you, Nate? What, what are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Giratina? I, I don't want to belabor this point too much, but um, you know, it seems like we're a little bit divided. So we kind of need a, a tiebreaker. <laughs> a tiebreaker. Oh man. You know, Tina's an interesting deck. I think when you get the correct pieces in the correct sequence, it can be very powerful. Um, but like second said, sometimes you do get those hands where it's like, I just need the other card here and I have to tuck the Tina piece, you know, and then it's like you're losing half your attackers and you're just a bad lost box deck at that point. So I don't know when it works, it works. I If I had to say like yes or no, I'd probably lean towards no. I'm sorry, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> it is really good into the Arceus variants though that we've been seeing pop yeah. up. At least mm -hmm. I've been seeing at Locals. Uh, at one of my locals, I have Braden. Uh, he won Milwaukee last year. He shows up uh, at my locals, and all I got, I have to hit RC's Vulpix almost every time. It's guaranteed to be there. So, but <laughs> people have colleagues, uh, copied Alex's list, and I'm like, yeah. RC's Vulpix Duraludon. And like, Tina is so good into those type of decks, too. Like, yes. they can't Oko you, they have to two shot you, and mm. Tina just goes Lost Impact and like Star Requiem, the Duraludon. It's so nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's interesting. You bring up, you bring up the Arceus decks and, and Alex winning um, EUIC with it. Um, are there any things that uh, just to pivot topics here a little bit, are there any things that um, the Arceus Tina or excuse me, the Arceus Vulpix uh, Duraludon list that Alex won with, like, are there things that people are changing right now um, to, to better prepare themselves for, you know, the proposed Portland metagame? I think the big question you kind of have to ask when looking at that is, you know, how effective will Vulpix be in Portland? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if Guard of War or other decks are going to have answers to that, is that really the third best partner, you know, with the Duraludon? And personally, I air towards the side of no. I think it's one of those once it's out of the bag and people are aware of it and they know how to respond to it, um, or they've just even played the matchup more, it loses mm -hmm. some of that power. I think that maybe Alex had the surprise factor going into EUIC with. Um, that being said, I think, you know, there is room for the deck to adapt. Um, I know Sackett mentioned different things like the Umbreon. You know, I'm not sure how well that does, but um, I think 
I would not be surprised to see like a modified version of the deck in day two, maybe with different attackers that aren't bull picks. Yeah. The yeah, got in, yeah. The Go was included because you just chased mm -hmm. down like the Ralts and Curlius. And then it, mm. you, know, you have like a more favored Mew matchup because you just have a dark attacker. And it's like, all right, well, we're going to pivot away from the Vulpix because uh, everyone's going to play Mimikyu. We're going to play Rope. They're going to play a Path. So we're going to respond to their techs with just playing a different version of it and be like, all right, well, if you're going to play those techs, I'm just going to chase your Ralts every time. I'm going to go research, draw seven, and then also still gust your setup pieces and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So um, that's what we pivot, I pivoted to. That's what we're testing out. Um, it didn't really work that well. Like I wouldn't play an Arceus variant at the moment or like Vulpix or Umbreon like that, but yeah. uh, that's what we've tried. Or that's what we've uh, gone to with Arceus now. That's really yeah. interesting that you bring that up for sure. That's that's cool. Cool uh, take on the Arceus deck. Yeah, an Arceus deck, the, the I like is the top 16 list, the Arceus Flying Pikachu. Um, I think Flying Pikachu is, you know, a really great partner and might even be interesting into something like Guardi, where they've got a lot of, you know, basic mm -hmm. attackers. You know, they've only really got the Gardevoir that's going to be able to hit the Flying Pikachu. So I, I think going forward, maybe that version of the deck might have some potential. But it kind of sounds like we're not that high on Arceus as a whole. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, you know, yeah, fine, maybe it fine. could work, you know, I guess. But no one really sounds Arceus that excited. Turn one every game, then it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Star Starbirth is an amazing ability. You, you can never discount it. So so true. So true. Uh, except all of us here are discounting it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one... it's great for great for my Tina. So you know, yeah, right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> one deck that I haven't heard brought up, and you know, we're already like ten minutes in, is Lugia. So, so where do we fall on the Lugia spectrum? Because it seems like, um, at least for me in my locals, not a lot of players are playing Lugia, or if they are playing Lugia, to me, it doesn't seem like they're playing like a a good list. Seems like they're playing maybe just um, like on the fringes of consistency and they're trying to add too many attackers and they go in some weird places. So I guess a couple of questions on Lugia, like where do you feel it fits in this meta? And then what's the best way to play it? And I have some somewhat strong opinions on Lugia because I've been trying to like test it and like I've been giving it to players on my list like, hey, if you have no idea what to play for your cup. Just going with Lugia and, and, you know, here's this kind of vanilla list with a few fun things. But let's talk a little bit about Lugia. I've played a little bit of Lugia post-rotation. I wasn't big on it in the Silver Tempest format, but I've tried it out. And, you know, I think my biggest takeaway with the deck is it feels like Coin Flip Simulator 2.0 next to, like, Fusion Beer. <laughs> I just, I feel like every capturing aroma goes the wrong way for me. And I'm like, I guess I'm passing without a Lugia V on my bench. But... That being said, I think Lugia is very strong. It is one of the few decks in the format that can just hit for like 300 plus damage on turn two of the game, you know? And so I think that's what keeps it relevant is, you know, like when you do run hot with the deck, it's, it does very well. It can take care of basically anything that's in its path. It has shred options. It has Oko options. It has one prize attackers. It has pretty much anything. Um, and even then, it's still, even if you only get one Archeops out, or it's turn three when you get the Archeops out, it can play the game. Mm -hmm. um, but you just get some of those hands where it's like the coin flip goes the wrong way, and I just, you can't do anything. I played uh, in a win a box on Monday, and in my top four game, the Lugia player just flips the wrong coin flip, every single coin flip for both games, and I just won very easily. And so, I don't know. I don't know if I would take it to a regional, because I, I hate coin flip decks, but that's my two cents. Yeah. I guess for me, like my favorite Pokemon is Tyranitar. I would love to play every chance I get. Um, and playing Lugia and Tyranitar seems like so much fun. Um, I'm not touching that deck with like a tantrum pole. Like I'm keeping, okay. I'm keeping that thing away from me. Wow. Um, it's like coin flippy. Uh, it's like stadiums. You have to flip a coin for that. You can't even search out your Archeops like, consistently at all. To even try, try to find a Lugia turn one is like, can be difficult sometimes. Like your energy counts only work for like half of your Pokemon anyways, with Tyranitar and Yvetal and stuff like that. And if you're playing like the Urshfu or like the Duraludon just for Shred, it's, it feels so bad to have to play that because um, you no longer have Yvetal. 
um, I'd rather just like play a Lost Zone box or mm-hmm. I'd rather play like um, Lost Zone Tina and I don't even want to play that deck right now um, mm-hmm. rather than play Lugia because it's so like inconsistent and like when I play the game I want to like do the, like I want to do what my deck is supposed to do every game and sometimes Lugia just doesn't do it for me. Any thoughts, Kane? Have you played much Lugia in this post-rotation format? I, I haven't played much Lugia myself, mm-hmm. um, but whenever I play against it, it honestly seems really strong. I mean, and I, I'm loving the Urshifu version. I think having yep. Shred is a great ability. And I mean, I really do think Gudra is going to be popular. So mm-hmm. I think if I was going to play Lugia, I would play it with the Urshifu coming into this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it seems strong. And I mean, just when it sets up, I mean, it's a beast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, the way I think about Lugia is like, if it has the, you know, it's, if it has its ideal turn two, like it, I think it's the strongest deck in the format. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, maybe I'm wrong on that, but, you know, maybe you guys have different opinions on that. But if you get two Archaeops in the discard pile, you get the summoning star off. I just really don't see what's beating you at that point um you know on the whole right like that has to mm-hmm. be like a you know 75 plus percent win rate when that happens to you so um i just yeah i but i i'm kind of hearing it from all three it's just like well there's maybe some consistency issues or we're worried about the coin flips mm-hmm. are there any ways that you've tried to like build lugia or that you've seen players build lugia to maybe shift away from the coin flips or try to make it more consistent there's a couple of cards that i'm thinking like um great ball uh you know being included to try to get like guaranteed pokemon that are not necessarily just the basics right it's like usually you see great ball over maybe the nest ball counts um in some lists uh so maybe try to fish out those evolutions uh and then also uh you know just increase copies of burnett i don't know if you guys have played it with that like a couple copies instead of just the one but i don't know what are some like ways to play can you kind of mentioned like you would maybe play the um the uh the urshifu Vmax mm-hmm. in the list, but I'm just kind of curious, like builds, like if if you were to take Lugia to Portland, how yeah, would you build I, it? I actually, I actually like the capturing aromas in the deck, um, just because you're always guaranteed to be able to search something. Mm-hmm. So you know, if it's a if it's a heads and you're grabbing an evolution, you either grab your Lugia, your Archeops, and then sure. if it's a tails, you grab Luminion, and you can just grab that Burnett. So I think Burnett's definitely a great card. I don't know if I would play more than one just because, I mean, you've got the Luminion to search it out. Um, but, you know, may, maybe that's something that you have to play and, you know, see see what counts you like in the deck. But um, to me, Capturing Aroma feels like a solid card. Yeah, I would add to that. I think Burnett's like a very strong card in the deck just for that reason. That it, I think a lot of lists right now are running 4-4 Lugia. I, I think it wasn't the top eight one that had maybe a thinner line. I can't remember. Um, but if you're running the 4-4 Lugia, it's not that hard to like get both of those pieces in your hand over two turns. And so if at any point in that you have access to Luminium Burnett, then it doesn't really matter what the rest of your hand is. You got something that's hitting for 220, you know? And so I I have never tested a second copy of Burnett, but I wouldn't hate that because um, it does feel very bad when Burnett is prized and mm-hmm. you have no guaranteed way to get those Archeops in the discard. Um, but I think Burnett is honestly what keeps the deck relevant, having that option to just search and get to. I've already uh, stated that I want to play Lugia. Uh, I try to stay away from it. But if I was going to play Lugia, uh, I think I would go, there's been a build out there with uh, no Nest Balls. All the Nest Balls got turned into Great Balls. They play Ooh. the Caption Aroma still. So it's Great Ball and Caption Aroma. And then I've heard talks of heavier Burnett counts, um, at least two, uh, sometimes a third one, and then also uh, upping the counts of Poke Gear in the deck. Mm. So I don't know where they find all this space from. I think with the Poke Gears and the Burnets, they cut the fish, uh, which I wasn't really a t- big fan of. But uh, if I were to play Lugia right now, it'd be that. I like the heavy Burnets, I like being able to find it. Um, I think the nest ball cuts is pretty good because you have the caption room where they can probably get a basic and you're more likely to you can start the basic as well. Like a guaranteed to start a basic Pokemon every game. Uh, so I think if I were to play Lukia, I'd go that route. Um, at least more than one Burnett for sure. I don't think I would play one at the moment. Yeah, I think that's interesting about cutting the Luminions um, because that is kind of one of the flaws that I find with Lugia is like if you start 
a non-attacker like a Pumpkaboo or a Luminion, and then you have to bench a non-attacker, and then obviously you're trying to get your Lugia and your two Archaeops out. Like, you're just running out of space, you know? And this was okay last format when we could recycle the Luminion, put it back into the deck, and it was like a very viable attack, right, into a lot of these Lost Box decks. Uh, now we don't have that luxury. So that's actually interesting that you bring that up because maybe there is a there is a world out there where we don't play Luminion in Lugia and that feels really weird to say, but yeah, it also stops you from getting Maul Wild. Sure. Maul Wild Luminion that doesn't exist. Like you're going to bench the fish. I actually don't play the fish. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to bench it at all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, what are some other high tier decks that you guys are considering? Uh, Sackett, you played Mew yep. at a UIC. Um, would that be something that you'd consider again? And for, um, for, for Kane and Nathan, what are some of these other like high tier decks that you've really been putting a lot of time into, you know, me, lost box guardy kind of talk to me about that. Yeah, definitely. My number two choice is me and it's just gotta be its consistency. I mean, mm -hmm. it just, it feels like you can have the worst opening hand and then somehow you'll still draw half of your deck and you'll be smacking for so much damage mm -hmm. like and the the version that i've been using right now um in best of one format i've been running the floor from scarlet and violet um just because uh that takes away your weakness so you mm -hmm. can't get hit by Drakeon. and like in a, in a best of one it's been working great because you know they've got a couple a couple turns to realize what it does and if they don't then I mean, you can just run away with the game trophy on not even KOing you. <laughs> so are you playing like a 101 line and then... Yeah, 101 like a rare with the rare that, That's been my tech of choice right now. I think it's been really fun. Uh, I don't know if I'd play it at a regional. What I've been thinking about is the Box of box of Disaster, I believe it's called, where uh, if you're at full HP, then it puts eight damage counters on the attacking Pokemon. So that way, if they try and power up a Mimikyu, if you're against a Guardi deck and they try and power up a Mimikyu or they try and power up a Zashin, uh, then it's going to KO them in return. So they've got to you know, try and set up some damage in an extra way or you know, play their non-existent Tool Scrapper or whatever. Yeah, I like Mew. It's uh, super consistent, like you said. And then the second thing that goes into playing Mew is that it's like one deck that can consistently judge path your opponent. Mm -hmm. um, and that, like, judge path, judge alone, like, hurts a lot of the decks in the format right now. Like Gardevoir trying to get set up and find its Curlios, um, or Lost Zone Box, or just, like, Lost Zone in general, trying to set mm -hmm. up and get its Colfies and Choruses, because it lost Scoop Up Net, which, like, lost a lot of um, potential to, like, just get that out of nowhere, like a Sableye or a Cram or Mirage Gate out of nowhere. So it lost that. So it needs to have, like, have cards in hand. And any, anything that's like trying to set up in the moment, uh, any judge is just crippling. And then also to couple that with path, like Guardi needs to bump the path now after a judge. And then also be, to be able to turn off the Drapion and mm -hmm. the Greninja is uh, more yeah, importantly. Sure. Like when I'm playing Mew, most of my games, um, I try to leave path in play all game long. So I just have a Mew active and just Max Miracle, Max Miracle, Max Miracle, Max Miracle. Uh, and then my, like, I hardly ever use my Genesex after I find two Mew V Maxes. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the, the list you know now is certainly geared towards keeping that path in play every single turn. Um, and you know it reminds me a lot of 2018 with the Zorark Garbodor list yeah. right where it's like you have the garbador and you're garbotoxing and you're shutting off the all the abilities but at a certain point it doesn't really matter because you're set up enough or you're set up more than your opponent right and that's really kind of all Mew is looking for is like just you're, you're just that little step ahead right and then you can just block everything off yeah so uh nathan what have what have you been trying of like the high tier decks I'd say the one that I put the most time in with has got to be Gardevoir, which we haven't really talked a whole lot about. Um, I love a good one prizer deck. <laughs> Gardevoir is, I think, the closest thing that's not like Lost Box to a one prizer deck in this format, just because you can swing so hard with those baby guardies and uptrade with Sky Seal Stone into V Stars and V Maxes and stuff. Um, I think, you know, in my experience with Guardi, there's kind of two different ways you can play the deck. Um, there's like the consistency version that we saw with Tord at UIC, um, where you kind of just disrespect the last box matchup, but 
you know, hope to outspeed them at least to take enough prize cards before they just decimate you or, you know, and, and that helps you in other matchups as well. But then you have on the flip side, like the cleft key builds um, with either like the Hatterene or sometimes they have Mutual Union and cleft key. Um, personally, I lean more towards the cleft key build, which I, I know hasn't seen as much success. I don't think it um, placed as well as maybe some of the other guard war lists at EUIC, but um, I think cleft key is very strong with guard war, especially into, it's interesting because it shuts off Lost box, right? Flower selecting. Um, against like Sablezard, it's very potent because Cramorant mm. can't kill a Clef Key. And the only other thing that's really doing damage in that deck is Sableye or Charizard. And so either I have to have taken like four prize cards, they have to have 10 in the Lost Zone until they're doing anything to those Clef Keys. If they're not drawing into their boss and chorus, then it's pretty much irrelevant. Um, but it's like the turbo loss box that they only need seven in the loss and they have more options um so but the goal i think with that is just use the hatterene to take as many prize cards as possible before they hit to that point and then um and then hopefully you can out trade them the rest of the game before they catch up with you there but i think guard war is very strong right now it's it's I, I tell people it's a combination of like dynamotor water duplicates and trade which are also the three strongest <laughs> abilities attack in the game <laughs> you're putting it all into one deck so yeah i think it's very strong and it's very fun to play as well now uh second and, and kane have you guys heard about the the hatterene technology is this something on your radar yeah 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 i i've heard of it um <laughs> i'm just not that big of a fan of klefki uh to me it just seems like free prizes for lost box i mean eventually they're gonna get set up I mean, especially if there's a Tina and they're abyss seeking. But I mean, even in other, <laughs> even in other lost box decks, I mean, they're they're eventually going to get there. And Klefki is only doing ten damage. So, I mean, I, I mean, with the Hatterene, I guess you've got that that switching action. And we've seen a bit of that from the Maridon decks. They hit with the Regilecki and then they go behind the Klefki. Um, by the end of the day, I think it's it's going to lead to a prize prize deficit at the end. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Any. Oh, go ahead. No, it like seems alright um, into like a loss zone matchup, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. like all the other matchups, it seems almost kind of dead. Like just dead cards. If it's like Arceus, if it's Gudra, if it's Tina, that's Abyss seeking, or even like Mew. It turns off to Genesis, but they just still play around it. Um, so then it's not good into like those matchups. It's like well, I'm not really doing what I want to be doing because I'm just hiding behind a clef key all day. Um, so that I don't like that because I'm not taking prizes. I'm not being aggressive. I'm not playing the game that I should be playing. I'm just um, doing the damage that Hatterini does and run into a clef key and hoping it sticks. So I'd rather be aggressive and uh, put pressure on my opponent and to make them have the plays when they're also trying to set up. Like, hey, here's the pressure. Also make things happen too. So like Hatterini and clef key don't really allow that. They just try to turn it off and see if you don't have an out to it. Yeah. So I don't know. Some... <clears throat> It's tough. Do you think like a lot of players will uh, default to towards list? Because in, in my mind, I look at towards list as second place EUIC list as kind of being the defining Gardevoir list. It um, has options to get around most things. I mean, you know, you're you're even like you maybe even have some wiggle room. Like you could potentially cut the penny. That was clearly a tech for the Maw while. Um, you know, you could maybe add in um, so you know a second of the shining arcana Gardevoir. Like you have a little bit of that room to kind of make it your own, um, but still the core of the deck is really, really strong. But you know, that said, a lot of players like to mix it up and try new things. So do you think like with Gardevoir being a potentially huge piece of the metagame in, in Portland, do you think more players will maybe default to towards list uh, or a style like that or uh, more towards Klefki baseless? I would think that people would err more towards towards list one because it's toward and two because I think at a regional, especially if people are looking to you know just day two or maybe secure points at this point in the season to try and get their invite, um, consistency is key in those yep. situations. Yep. Um, I think if you're trying to win the event, um, I think last box is going to be there, and so I, I I would not feel comfortable taking just a hard loss or maybe an unfavored matchup to turbo last box i think you're probably going to hit one or two day one in portland um and so i don't know 
I would I, I would have to test it more. I, I mm-hmm. am biased towards the keys. I want to leave Cub with my three cleft keys in my deck. So I like the cleft key a lot, but um, if I could feel like maybe like 60-40 into Turbo Lost Box with Torrid's build, then I could consider that. But I think that'll be the most common one. For EYC, uh, I think it was the night before, like two nights before? No, like the night before, I was unknowingly testing into Towards Exact 60. Um, we were just playing games, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like play me in the Guardian. I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I was just playing against it, and at the end of it, I was like, oh, I really like the 60. Like, if I had to play a 60, I would probably play the 60. Um, and it was and Towards 60. And <laughs> yeah, things are going to adjust and account for the meta, right? Like, we all know Vulpix is out there. Um, so we all switch out the segmentation to like a Mimikyu now. We probably cut the penny for like maybe a rope or like another consistency card. But I think the the core, the like 58 of the cards, uh, the 60 that Tord played is probably what I would go with. So uh, super consistent and is what I would expect to see um, if I sat down from somebody and they flipped over a Ralts. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. here's your outs, here's your counts. Sure. Sure. Um, this is what I'm expecting. And you could have these other cards, these other, other techs, but... Going to Portland, that's probably what I'm hoping to see or would expect to see with Cardi or would bring myself. So I would yeah. bring it. Yeah, that's interesting. Good stuff. Well, now it's time for our midpoint of the cast. Today's cast is presented by Manscaped, the company that offers the best products for your men's grooming needs. Manscaped products have been a huge part of my morning routine for the last year, and I know that you'll love everything they have to offer. Speaking of everything they have to offer, Manscaped is now offering their Platinum Package, which comes not only with the Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, that's a personal favorite of mine, but also the Lawnmower 4.0, some shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and a free pair of the magical anti-chafing boxers that you know I, I was wearing when I won my cup last week and had you know multiple days to use with uh, along with many other goodies so dive right in grab yourself some manscaped products over at manscaped.com and if you use the code tag team you'll get 20 percent off plus free shipping on that order so head on over to manscaped.com right now get yourself some gear to have the sparkliest nest balls at the tournament thank you so much to manscaped for sponsoring the cast so looking ahead to Portland, we talked a lot about the high tier decks. Let's talk about some of the kind of fringe things that you've either been seeing and like hearing whispers about or that you've been testing yourself. So this might be things like Stall, uh, Maridon, uh, maybe a funky Lost Box variant. Uh, you know, even some of those weird Arceus decks, um, Inteleon Urshifu, if any of these are calling out to you, you know, let me hear what you've been playing or or hearing about that's been on the fringe of the metagame that you're maybe considering for upcoming tournaments. Oh, I, I would say, I don't know if I'm considering this deck, but I think it's going to be really popular at Portland. Maybe fringe is Gudra. Um, I mean, I, I know that Riley played it to EOIC mm-hmm. and it would, it had a really good conversion rate, I believe. And so I think Gudra is a deck that will that I'll definitely be looking looking at out for in these mm-hmm. next couple of regionals. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, Maxwell, the guy that won Fort Wayne, is also part of my locals, and we've seen an uptick in Gudra at my locals. And with the Melanie in it and stuff, it's like really hard to deal with, and it's getting pretty popular. Um, I know, like my local group always wants to play Gudra. Um, I want to play it myself. I, the time, I think the time for Gudra has passed uh, since rotation hit, but I think it's really good. I would expect to see it at Portland as well. Why do you think that its time has passed? I'm curious. What Not about this like, format makes it worse than the last format? Um, well, the consistency of like the Lost Zone uh, engine, like you lose <laughs> scoop up net, so all of your targets are, are in play. So they can always like uh, boss or rope around it. You can't net the comfies out of um, play when they get stabilized. So those comfies will always be there as a rope boss target um, for any like opposing lost box player, which is uh, usually a favorable matchup. But since you can't net them out of play, you can't uh, manipulate the prize trade by getting um, some of your Pokemon out of play. I think Gudra isn't as well positioned, especially with like lost zone box or lost zone variants uh, on the rise, or they saw like what, 22% of the meta um, at EYC, which is huge. It was like Lugia numbers. And Lugia wasn't even that popular, so 
I think it doesn't take as well of a matchup in Delosso and Box anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's why I want to play it. Another thing I think with Gudra that's kind of rough right now is the Lugia decks are all including either Duraludon or Single Strike Urshfu. Yeah. And those strat. And when you can add Single Strike energies, it's very, very easy for that to just blow through a Gudra. And then Gudra does 200, and then you just blow through another Gudra. And so you're trading very favorably. And I think just with the pressure Lugia can put on as well in the early game, they have no issues taking six prize cards. Um, that being said, you know, I don't know. I don't think Lugia is going to be the most popular deck in the room. Yeah, by any sure. means. So if you're comfortable taking that loss, it's I think you're just solid, but it is scary with the Duraludon and Urshfu. Any other fringe decks that you guys think are, you know, maybe maybe you haven't even played them, but you're like, yeah, you know, I could see that doing really well. I mean, my fringe deck is Maridon. You know, I've I've been like a stand of Maridon for a long time. Nobody, nobody listened on the last roundtable podcast, and then it ended up making top eight. And I was really, you know, I definitely had to send a message to them all and be like, "Told you so." But um, you know, are there any of these other decks that you know stall maybe comes to mind too? Is like one that you know we've seen this kind of Snorlax-based blocking stall deck that's I've certainly hit it a couple of times on the ladder. But um, anything else? Any other fringe decks? You know, beyond Gudra that you know Gudra we would expect maybe to see. But is there something that you just like you're playing a tournament, uh, a regional, and you're just like, wow, if I hit this deck, that would be kind of weird. A fringe deck that I saw that popped up on Twitter that I been playing with a bit is this sort of guard like uh Rolt's curlier engine water deck and so it uses the curlier and gardevoir engine to accelerate en- energies onto what's it got it's got radiant greninja in the deck to spread damage it's also got delphox v articuno to paralyze and then the crabominal v to capitalize on the paralyzation so you can spread damage in a bunch of different ways and then, you know, take big knockouts with the Crabominable. It's also got the uh, Celebrations Kyogre in it, too. So it's just like a, a hodgepodge of all these different guys, and it uses the Curlia and uh, Gardevoir to accelerate, which it, it's been really fun to mess around with. I mean, I didn't even realize that the Gardevoir uh, could accelerate any type of energy. It's not just uh, psychic energy. And so, uh, yeah, that's the Shiny Arcana Gardevoir. So, have any yeah, of you guys tested with that? Because I've also uh, tried that a little bit, and it's—I <laughs> don't—I I think I need obviously more time because it's a very kind of roguish new strategy. But um, yeah, it, it seemed fun. I mean, it se- it seems like it has the pieces. Has anyone else tried this? It looks fun. It looks so much fun. Yeah, like I would like to mess around it with it if like shining arcanos weren't what are they ten dollars a piece now? <laughs> You're crazy expensive at the moment. I haven't tested it, but it does look fun. <laughs> Another one I think that looks fun is the four uh, four Kieran B Max two Kyogre thirty yes. water energy. I was hoping we wouldn't mention that because <laughs> you guys ever see like the content creators? It's just a list of just Kieran uh, decks. <laughs> like every content creator hit up this four four Kieran mm. with Kyogre list. It's like, please no, this is not a real <laughs> deck. I don't want to play. Th- I don't want to have to search my. A collection for 30 water energies. <laughs> I did it with Gyarados once. I don't know where those went. I'm out of water energies. <laughs> I was hoping that we wouldn't do that. That's that's funny. Yeah, the Kirim deck, I, you know, I, people are going to play it because yeah. it's, it's fun. It's yeah. just, it's a good time. You know, I, if I'm rolling up to a regional, I do not care about points. I'm just looking to have the most hooting, hollering time I could possibly have. It might just be Kirim for me. I would play the uh, the Arceus Lost Zone box that was going around the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like top eight in uh, Senior Doom's Tournament of Doom, I think, like a Friday ago, two Fridays ago now. Um, it was like a 4-4 Arceus and then like Comfy, Colrus, uh, Sableye, Zard, and all that stuff. And like use the Starbirth for consistency. They still had Trinity Nova and stuff like that. I think if I was going to play like a fun deck, um, it would be that uh, Arceus Lost Zone box. Interesting. That's what I want to see. That's interesting. That's interesting. Cool. Well, we'll move away from the fringe. I mean, it, it, it definitely sounds like we're keeping it, you know, largely like meta base. Nobody, you know, and, and obviously you don't have to give away your secrets, but you know, it just doesn't sound like we're really looking beyond, uh, for, for these upcoming tournaments beyond kind of the core, maybe 
five to eight decks that are largely well established and, and that's fine you know i'm, I'm kind of right there with you um so with that in mind what are you preparing for at portland right we're not you know usually when i'm trying to predict what a metagame is i'm not looking at these fringe decks i'm looking at okay what you know what do i expect in the most numbers what do i expect to hit for you know two three rounds what are you guys preparing for we'll start with you sackett what are kind of the expectations for um, Portland regionals. I've always been honest. Uh, whenever I have like a, a tournament coming up, I just I probably put it out there on Twitter, usually like two or three days before. Like Peoria, I was like, I'm going to play Arceus Duralid on with Chorus. And I played it and I did well. And I was like, uh, for EYC, I was talking about Mew. Same with uh, Knoxville and stuff like that. Uh, for this one, it'd be Guardi and uh, Lost Zone Box. That was either, those are my two picks. That's what I would go with. That's what I'm testing for. Any of those matchups, um, looking for consistency in those guys. Um, that's what I'm going with for Portland. I'm not going, um, but if I was going, it'd be one of those two. Probably Lost Zone over Guardi, but Guardi's mm-hmm. my number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, oh, oh, good. Go ahead, okay. Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Um, so go, going into Portland, I think the big ones are obviously going to be uh, Guardian Lost Box, as you said. I think Lugia will still have a big presence. I think there'll be a lot of it. Um, but honestly, what I, I really like about what Rotation has done is I think that you could take a loss to one of you know the top three or four decks, and I think you would still have a very you know solid tournament performance. Because I think it's varied enough, you know, it's not going to be like the last format where you hit, you know, five Lugia day one. You're going to be hitting, you know, maybe three of a deck at most. So That's I think if, you, if you've if you got a deck that has a loss to something, like maybe you're playing Guardian, you've got a bad loss box uh, matchup, I wouldn't stress it too much. I think this is a tournament where you can go in with a loss to one of those top decks. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Kane. That's very similar to what I was thinking. Um, I think at most, like Gardevoir might be like a 20% meta share, but nowhere near the 30 per, 30%, 35% we saw from Luke yet. Um, and so, yeah, there is a little more room for, you know, you can take take a loss here or there. I would expect Gardevoir, I'd expect loss box. Um, another one I would not be surprised to see more of is... Um, like Arceus variants, but specifically Arceus Garatina. Mm. Um, I think it does have a pretty solid Lost Box matchup. And, you know, I think Lost Box is very well poised in this format. And so I I would not be surprised to see Arceus decks running around the talk tables. So I would make I would expect to play against one or two of those at Portland. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean largely there is you know, it it seems to me, I and I I kind of echo what you guys are talking about, uh, Kane and Nathan. It's just if if you're worried, if you're listening to this cast, you're like, oh man, I'm really worried about this matchup. I'm really worried about this other matchup. Like, I don't think you need to be. You know, it is very a very decentralized metagame. I think yeah. we would all agree. Um, what would you expect to hit the most of? Like, what's the deck that you would just like you you know Sackett, you maybe you know showed your hand a little bit saying like okay I really want to make sure I'm prepared for Guardian Lost Box but individually what would you expect that you'd hit the most of maybe your top two or three decks? Yeah, I uh, I would expect to hit um, mostly Gardevoir. I think that's a deck that you know a, a lot of people are liking. That's what I expect to be number one. But like maybe going into day two, the deck with the best conversion rate, I think might be Lost Box. So I would expect to hit uh, more Lost Box going into day two of the tournament. That's interesting because it had a, if I remember correctly, and maybe I'm wrong on this, it had a pretty poor conversion rate in Yeah, Europe. yeah, mm-hmm. it, it did. Um, I think, I don't know, this, this is just, just my thoughts, but I think that uh, Lost Box, it's going to perform well. I think uh, there are a lot of players over here who, are, you know, who are very well versed with Lost Box, and I, so I think it will do a bit better. And then, so are you thinking more the like tur- when you say Lost Box, like are you thinking mm-hmm. Turbo? Are you thinking Charizard? Are you thinking something else? Just like what is your when you when you say Lost Box, like are you just blanket including everything, or is there one where you're like, oh, this is head and shoulders above the rest, and what I expect most Lost Box players mm-hmm. to play. When when I say Lost Box, I think I'm generally thinking the Turbo build. That seems to be what most people 
think is the most powerful build. But I think, you know, we could see a lot of uh, Sablezard. Um, I mean, it had a brilliant performance at EUIC, the best placing Lost Box deck. And I think it's very, very streamlined. There's not, you know, 50 million one of cards. There's not a ton of energy you have to worry about. It's a very straightforward strategy, but it's really powerful. So I think there's room for both variants of Lost Box to do very good. Yeah, Nathan, do you kind of echo that? I'm curious also to get your thoughts on maybe what you're preparing for most, maybe top two or three. Yeah, no, I think um, I agree with Kane. I fully expect Guardboard to be the most played deck. Um, And that being said, I think Lost Box can capitalize on that. Whereas maybe at EUIC, Lost Box players were hitting one, maybe two Guardboards day one. I wouldn't be surprised if these players are hitting three, potentially even four. Um, And... I think that will give them an edge, especially if Gardevoir, if we're leaning more towards Tord's list, you know, and not having answers for that lost box. And um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it do better. Um, that being said as well, I think, um, you know, I don't know uh, when it comes to like Turbo or Sablezard, I was having this discussion earlier this week, which one will kind of outperform. I wouldn't be surprised if it's pretty evenly split. Um, I think previously it's been more towards the Turbo, but um I do expect to see an uptick in the Charizard. Um, just being a strong single prize deck in a format with so many V-Stars and V-Maxes, I think is you have a lot of potential there. Um, I think you have a lot of room to outplay your opponent as well with yeah. the Sablesard build. So Totally. Now, what are the... I just want to take this down a little bit of a rabbit hole. What are the best techs for Gardevoir? If you're trying to alleviate your lost box woes, I mean, maybe Penny, right? Like maybe that can get around someday. You can soak up a cram hit or something with Zashin. Um, but are there any cards that you are like, if you're considering Guardy that you're thinking about adding to make that lost box matchup a little more favorable? There's not really like a tank. So just uh, different counts of things. I think, um, like a third candy for Gardevoir, just to give you more aggressive and attacking with Guardi EX. Mm-hmm. Like turn two, I think is really key. Um, you can also like play the Cresselia or go like more um, more in depth with the Cresselia. Like I don't, I, I don't know what the best way to put it. Like, you obviously, still play the Cresselia, but like you focus more on it um, to be able to kill like a Comfy on the bench when Cram's active, so they go Cram. And then you go like, all right, well, I'm going to kill you Comfy now and then leave the cam, uh, cram stranded. So you can make that play. Uh, you can still play the penny or you can play like different, uh, like the collapse stadium over like double uh, Temple of Sinnoh. So stuff like that. Uh, you just play like, different counts to deal with the lost zone box as Guardy. Yeah, no, I, I was just thinking that the third candy, you know, being able to apply pressure on turn two while still establishing your board for the late game, um, I think is key. If you can find a way to get two hits out of the Cresselia, whether it's like the Moonglow reverse, or you know, if you do run Penny, you know, maybe take a cram hit Penny, hit with Cresselia again. Um, I think that's very strong as well. Um, you know, one thing I've tried is you know Champions Festival in the deck. I think um, being able to heal that damage, um, or at least force Sableye to play around that, um, or it's like you can't just put two on here. You know, if you're setting up your KOs. Um, can alleviate pressure in some late game situations as well, eliminate some of their win cons um, to checkmate mm-hmm. you. Um, that being said, Champion Special isn't the most accessible card for the average player. So uh, it's kind of niche right now. I think it'll be a lot better once we get our Drift Loon Karma, Karma Courage combo, but I don't think it's terrible right now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, man. I'm just hearing a lot of respect for Gardevoir. I'm hearing a lot of respect for Gardevoir. So if you're listening and you're going to Portland, yeah, there you go. Many, many people are saying it. Many people are saying it. All right. Last question for you guys. Um, any hot takes for this tournament? I mean, I, is there like a dream tech that you want to see in top eight? Is there a, a really under the radar deck that you really think, even though you might not be playing it, uh, can make a deep run. Do you have any hot takes, or or maybe uh, it's it's a percentage thing? Like you know, there will be no Lugia in top thirty-two or something. Like, what's your hottest take for this upcoming Portland regional? Oh, if we're gonna talk about dream techs, I think it's got to be the Flawless 
in you just making a stand. I, I love the flawless <laughs> in you. I think it's so so much fun to just be like, no, no weakness. This deck is unstoppable. So <laughs> if I if I'd say dream tech, that that would be the one. Well, okay, I'm gonna uh, continue on with Mew. Let's uh, talk about Florges. I want to see <laughs> Mew do well. Uh, big fan of Mew with Squovid. The Squow. Yeah, shuffle mm-hmm. your hand and put it to the bottom of your deck, draw one. You can just, uh, I saw it in like a list that was sent to me before EUIC. I thought it was like really cool. I'm like, this might just be like, really good of Mew, just be like, just turbo theory deck, like be all consistent. And stuff like that. And I think Mew could like uh, pop off this regional. It's not really respected at the moment. And you don't have to worry about Drapion as much. I'm not worried about it. I think in the first four rounds of EUIC, I played Drapion every single round, but um, as a Mew player, and I wasn't worried about it. So I think Mew could, uh, could have a deep run here. I got to say, mine, maybe, I don't know, it's a hot take, but I think I would not be surprised to see another Mariadon in top eight. I think a lot of people disrespect it. I've been high rated by it one too many times at locals where they just get double generator turn one and like blow up whatever I have. So I think someone's gonna play Mariadon. Someone's gonna have a great day with Mariadon, and maybe okay, maybe we'll say top sixteen, not top eight. Wow, <laughs> cool and Mariadon all. Mariadon's <laughs> not the generator user. There's there's another one out there. We just haven't found it yet. But generator is so good. Mariadon is not good. <laughs> there was like a Pachirisu Honshkro. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. <laughs> now we're cooking. There I we want go. to try flying Pikachu with Generator. That's what I want to see. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, just like a just lightning like bolt stick. Yeah. <laughs> no leaks. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, something. Uh, I-, I can't wait to see your success with it. Sack it. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> So that's going to do it for the cast, everyone. I wanted to go around and give you guys one uh, opportunity to just uh, plug any um, social media that you have or any you know projects that you're working on. So uh, we'll start with you, Kane. Go ahead and plug yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to go over to Twitter, just give me a follow. I don't post very often, but maybe if I do go to Portland, you'll see my deck list. And just shout out to the whole Utah Pokemon community. They've been great. Love them very much. Great. Saka, go ahead. Uh, my Twitter is where it's at, sankseg underscore 17. I also sometimes stream on Twitch every once in a while. I know like live isn't the greatest client to be playing Pokemon on. And I haven't played, I probably played less than 10 games of live uh, since PTCDO stopped having the current set. I actually played a few games of PTCDO last night. Um, but yeah, if you want to see what I'm doing, follow me. Uh, I usually... Uh, leak what my tournament play is like two or three days before I go to a, like a regional um, on the Twitter. So follow me over there and get all the updates. And Nathan, plug yourself. Yeah, you can go give me a follow on Twitter, NK Stratford. It's my handle. Um, and then, yeah, shout out to me and Ken are both Utah locals here. So Utah Pokemon, K-Fabe Cards is our local card shop. They are super supportive. Um, great need anything cards sleeves whatever it is they they can help you out they've been a lot of regionals so see us around come say hi love that well thank you all so much for listening you can catch the tag team podcast over on social media as well myself at real john walter riley at smiles the riles and the podcast at tag team pokemon that's gonna do it for us tonight thank you all so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one peace